0: Hi, and welcome to Network AF. On this episode, we talk with Ron Winward, who runs networking and engineering at INAP. Uh, He's going to talk about how he got into networking, which actually started on the business side, uh, his path into technology, um, his uh, um, work in security, and then coming back to networking, um, how he learns, what he looks for in people looking to get into networking, uh, and a little bit about community. Welcome you to listen. And if you like this episode or other episodes, please like and um, and and download the podcast. Hi, and welcome to Network AF. I've got with me my friend Ron Winward and uh, fellow networker of uh, of many decades. Um, Ron, if you could introduce yourself a little bit um, personally and professionally. Sure. Hi, everybody.
1: Hi, Avi. Um, Thanks for having me. My name is Ron Winward. I am the VP of Network Services at INAP, and INAP is a infrastructure and co-location and uh, hybrid uh, technology type company where... Um, companies can uh, bring their infrastructure and their compute needs into our network. And um, we deliver great service, great uh, internet access, great uh, hands, and and really provide um, the access for people that they need to continue with uh, their their journey for innovation inside of their networks. So
0: um, oh, and Ron, like me, is a fellow member of the East Coast Access of Infrastructure.
1: Yeah, so we uh, actually uh, grew up... Not too far from each other, um, and um, you know we are um, both Pennsylvania folks. I actually uh, grew up in the area where you operated an internet service provider many years ago, and and uh, just a pretty cool to have a a, um, a small community that uh, extends now through years of um, uh, you know business and operating internet networks, and now a geographic uh, uh, you know span between us as well.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely, very cool. It was um, uh, great to meet, you know, through Spiver Central and uh, and stay in touch after in, in the various roles that you've taken, which we'll talk yeah. some about. Yeah. Um, so, for me, I first technically my first time in networks was when my uncle, I think I was ten or eleven, um, told me about this thing called the Arpanet. Okay. And so he had a local dial-up number and I had already gotten into computers and so he let me on and I sort of started poking around and then getting into some systems that I shouldn't have and he's like no no you can't use this. <laughs> so then <laughs> fast forward BBSs and then it took me, you know, till uh I found the internet in 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 87 I guess in college. But okay. how, how did you get okay. into uh networking?
1: Yeah, so it was uh you know, it started very similar with um I had an opportunity to, you know, I had access to computer and um, my dad at the time worked at uh, Bell of Pennsylvania. And, you know, we, you know, in this area, uh, everybody kind of went to work for the phone company. And so his brothers went to AT&T and, you know, that side of the business. Um, But we had access to computers and computer like fascinated me. It absolutely fascinated me. And this was you know, probably um, mid '80s. Uh, you know, when 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 we had the ability to connect to things like Prodigy, right? So even before like mainstream internet service providers and dial-up uh, stuff, the you know the potential that a computer created fascinated me as as a young boy, and then that continued as you know th- innovation and development inside of uh, computers, the ability to you know that one computer could talk to another computer absolutely fascinated me and then the fact that we had advancements in technology that made these things better and faster and opened up that a little bit more so you know my um my schooling was really focused on you know at the time there weren't like technology there was probably computer programming degrees but i i went with a business approach but always was um closely related to um, you know, a, a computer user and 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 always, you know, fascinated by what the computer and the connectivity of computers meant. So first job out of college was a sales job for SELEC. Uh, and this SELEC, uh, you know, this was Telecommunications Act of 1996, opened up the ability for telco companies to have to open up their infrastructure. And
0: that drove C-Lec innovation. Competitive local exchange carrier. Exactly Someone right. Someone that yeah. wasn't
1: Bell, then Verizon. Exactly. Right. And so these companies, because of this, had to open up their infrastructure to uh, competitive companies to use the outside plan. Um, and, you know, this was a time where most Internet access, you know, now like net access and, and companies like that are popping up all over, you know, regionally. And then we have the massive uh, nationwide ones, the AOL stuff, you know, Um you know, more and more content is being pushed out to the internet. And again, that, that fascinated me. My first job was, you know, with this company who was, um, you know, I was outside sales, but it was dial up internet access as well. And that fascinated me. And the evolution of that into then selling BRI, ISDN and like the always on thing versus dial up fascinated Mm -hmm. me. And then that evolution into like, well, T1s. And then shortly after that was, was dsl you know companies were were um building dsl and and putting dslams inside of these central offices that then furthered innovation and that just like to go from what was once a dial-up thing that i would get kicked off when somebody would pick up the telephone line to an always-on to something that was you know 128k sdsl line that was two times faster than my bri isdn fascinated me and that um continued throughout my career right so i I, like that fascination with innovation and growth in the network just uh really really did it for me and and that continues like to think about where we are now from you know dial-up internet access to all of high definition tv streamed wirelessly into our house on a device that is no bigger than a matchbox car like a fire stick like that is that is the, what has happened in the network? Doing a gigabit just, to your phone. Yes, it is just absolutely <laughs> fascinating. So, you know that uh, that interest uh, really drove me into why, how does it happen? And so, shortly, you know, early on in my career, probably nine, probably 2000, I got a CCNA certification, and then a CCNP, and then eventually went from sales and sales engineering into my curiosity got me into the engineering side of things, and that curiosity continues today, and and has uh, you know really. Um, I'm fascinated by what the network represents and the capabilities that the network brings to us, and and the innovation that companies can derive from that, and you know just everything that it does for us, from voice over IP to high def video streaming to us being able to do this to companies being able to pivot during a pandemic to work complete wor- remote workforces, all because of you know, the network being capable of doing it, but also the other innovation that happens uh, elsewhere in our industry.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's really pretty amazing. Uh, if you think about everything going on underneath, especially for people that uh, have studied all the different pieces of it, uh, the internet, um is really best best efforts delivery i mean that's how it was designed yet as you say we're doing zoom over this and we just expect it to work um and you know there was confidence to uh to take companies and really re-architect how they work during COVID in a way that really wouldn't have been possible 20 years before um or maybe even 10 years before Um, the internet was i would say even in the 90s when when i was doing my isp still a very running experiment (laughs) (laughs) of what you could do with it and even of some of the reliability Um, and I remember being skeptical about some of the early oh my god we're going to converge the networks these things barely work (laughs) How are we going to make that go Uh, because one of the bad traits of uh, of the networking community I would say especially around innovation is we always want new protocols we get bored with what's you know, with what's known and understood, and that makes it hard for the vendors to sometimes to, like, keep things stable, which sure. is obviously paramount uh, yeah. when the whole world is built on top of that infrastructure. Yeah,
1: um, but that pushing the envelope is also the thing that that ultimately gets us that innovation and, and yeah. that that ability, like even just the the evolute you talked about converged networks like. Like, I remember literally when we were working through voice over IP in in the telco world, like it was, we had these ATM networks that were, Mm -hmm. you know, delivering transport and we were doing voice over ATM. And then somebody, this company Vonage came along and said, we're doing voice over IP. And everybody Mm -hmm. was like, well, we could, you know, like, what else? Let's, Let's look into that. And then we started putting Ethernet cards inside of our voice over ATM gateways to do SIP termination. And then that was like like i remember my personal labs with that were like big asterisk you know many asterisk boxes that i could terminate voice over ip and sip calls onto voice over atm gateways it was very much like kind of figuring out on the fly which was uh you know I, it's uh it's it, i loved it it was great
0: yeah it was pretty amazing to see of course linux come along and then Really be able to be a foundation in a way that we take, we assume now. Of course, Linux could be a router. You're right. um, you know, of yeah. course, Linux could do this and that. But um, you know, that was maturing at the same time too, which I guess is a separate set of uh, podcasts and and, and discussions. Yeah.
1: But you're right that the whole like the rest of the industry, you know, being everything coming together, kind of like a perfect recipe, really, you know, drives this innovation that we enjoy today and continue to to, to drive. You're so right. what
0: was no i I definitely agree so so what was really helpful? I mean, you mentioned you decided to get a a a, a CCNA, um or sorry CCIE, CCNA? Uh
1: ccna and then CCNA. ccnp and then
0: other oh. you know juniper certification must I must, I must admit it. I am under certified uh so uh, well, I, I don't that's that's a good that's a
1: good point and a great discussion i I think that. For my personal approach, a for networking, you know, there's not really a education track that is formal education other than certifications. And you know, um, my high school they didn't have it while I was there, but they were a Cisco Academy, and you know, there is some of that 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 happened to get younger talent interested in in networking. But there's not like it, there's not a, as far as I know, a a, a undergrad career to learn you know
0: specifically I, I think networking. there are some uh some curricula that are being developed around internetworking or around cloud or infrastructure as code, but generally yeah. certainly there isn't. Um and those are I would say pockets. Like I know there's yeah. a there's a university in Europe that has a peering class where they have a peering simulator where you play the internet and play cool. some of the economics as well as the technology. <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. That was an yeah. presentation from a little while ago. And I say I'm under, I guess I am certifiable, but I'm under certified yeah. um, uh, because, you know, as, yeah, as, as things were growing up, I was teaching people about BGP. And then people were like, oh, what CCIE number are you? And it's like, yeah. well, I mean, I know what IPX and SNA and X25 and all these things sure. are, mm-hmm. and I could probably figure it out if you, you know, gave me a manual and and, you know, some stuff but um i am self-taught um and uh and actually teaching is a good way to learn because people ask you all these questions like well that's really good i i I don't know let me go you know figure that out i do have to say that that i do love the the lab having never done a ccie but the descriptions of i break it and you need to figure it out um is i think a really good way to learn um, or demonstrate, because that is what you do during networking, because it really is a a lot of simple things that can converge in complex ways, but there are bugs and other people actively doing strange things that you have to sort of intuit from the signals you get, which is Really, also to say, the networkers have always lived in the observability space. If you see these outputs, and you need to figure out what's going on inside the black box by yep. looking at PGP and looking at metrics and looking at traffic, um, which is sort of my own journey. So back, sure. back yeah. to yours, um, oh. you know, what was super helpful, you know, for you? Um, obviously, you had the freedom to to go from the business to the to the tech side. As you got into the tech side, you know, what was particularly you know helpful? um, as you got to, uh, yeah. take studies and apply it. A couple of things. So first I don't, you know, I'm
1: somebody who feels that, um, you know, a, a degree in this or a degree at all. Some of the best networkers I've ever met don't have college degrees. And I don't think that that's a, that's table stakes to be in this space at all. Mm-hmm. I also don't think that certifications are table stakes to be in the, in the, in the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in this space. I think that, you know, when I'm hiring, if I see a candidate who has a certification that tells me you've seen it before, but I've also met, you know, plenty of people who have, who maybe don't have the hands-on experience that I would, that I would need for an environment. And then other people who, as you say, you learn along the way by, I'm the same way. Like I, I learn my best when I'm figuring it out and fixing it and, and you, you gain the most uh, that way. So, you know, just in terms of the things that were enablement early on for me, you know, it was, I had, I had time, I had uh, curiosity, you know, I was fascinated with what was happening in the network. I was going to eBay to find, to buy routers, <laughs> you know, as the, the cheapest routers and switches that I could find, you know, this was like cat OS type days for switches instead of, you know, iOS on, on cat on, you know, catalyst switches. But um, you know, it was, a lot of that and then having access to things like, you know, like you said, Linux, I, I was putting, finding old desktop computers and putting Linux distros on them and running server type, uh, you know, uh, setups on them. But it was, it was having access to that stuff. Now that stuff, what has also changed in, in evolution, and that is the virtualization of all of this lab stuff, which is super helpful. So no longer, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Avi, I have a lot of those routers still in my, in my basement. I do (laughs) too. Or storage area. Cables to go
0: with them. Yeah. Or storage area. Uh, Uh, Gail calls it Amos, Avi's museum of shit. (laughs) You know, I,
1: yeah, look, I mean, I still have my, my original 10 meg ISA first ethernet card that I ever bought. I'm Mm -hmm. not getting rid of that, but um, you know, having access to technology and tooling and, and, and now the the ability with you know virtualization of that to not have to maintain an inventory of big big power type stuff is is incredibly helpful. The other thing that is very different today than it was earlier is the availability of free learning or or affordable learning. You know, like when I did my CCNP, I took a uh, a loan out to, to go do it, right? Wow. Uh, and then um, it was a bootcamp that I you know took a loan out to to go do you can get udemy classes uh, you can go you can read nano presentations like there's just so much that is available today to uh to people that want to learn and you know i don't think that it you don't have to have a a degree at all, let alone a degree in computer science to be a networker you don't you just have to have the curiosity you have to have the um you know the the desire to learn this stuff and the and the the will to want to get your hands
0: dirty and, and understand it. So, what can someone do um, to? What What are the indicators when you're talking to someone that's interested in getting into networking that they are um, that they are ready, interested? Uh, you know, how do they show that intellectual curiosity and um, you know and readiness? Are you looking at GitHub? Are you looking at uh, things they've written? Are, you know? How can someone demonstrate that?
1: Typically, and there are a lot of ways to do it. I can talk about the ways that I have seen, you know, people mm-hmm. that have 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 come into my teams from inside of an organization, like a career path type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, you know, that has been maybe somebody from a data center who is, um, you know, somebody who understands physical infrastructure and has wanted to get into, you know, more specialty of networking. That's the thing about networking is we all kind of found our way into networking. So right. it's not really like... Um, I don't think that 18 years old somebody says, I'm gonna go be, you know, a network engineer. Maybe they do, but mm-hmm. you know, I think that Some we've all found, found our. Do. Yeah, yeah. You are probably right. Um, but I think that like most for the most part, people have found their way after they are exposed to a lot of different things and then say that's really cool. I want to understand that. So, you know, the things that I look for are um somebody who a shows the the interest in it, b, they've you know, they've they've um you know, done some work with it before, maybe it's out of, you know, somebody working in the knock who was looking to join the, you know, the, the engineering, you know, Mm -hmm. team or the the development team, um, you know, um, but, uh, and then it's, it's, I'm not necessarily looking at certifications or, you know, it's more of like, I've done this, I want to do this here's why I want to do this. Here is why I think I'll be good at it. And then certainly in those type of situations, I would have also had the visibility to the work that they've done before and, and you know, and, you know, understanding, you know, what they could contribute to the team. And you, you, know, you might have, the If it's from the
0: company, you might have heard about their interest or going deeper on debugging a ticket or yeah. maybe being a little bit, I'll say friendly, annoying, you know, like, Hey, Ron wants to know about this again, but you know, well, he also did this or, you know, and Jill, you know um, like that. Uh, So those, you know, sometimes that, that kind of uh, pushing is to be encouraged and good. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. And then there are people
1: who like the, like i love it when somebody sticks around and wants to learn more you know like that's uh, you, you, i think that that kind of thing is invaluable when somebody just really wants to dig in more and understand more and makes the effort to 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 learn it from you know people who have been there before and and i i learned from incredible engineers along the way you know i just i, I was very lucky to to have people who took time to show me things and you know there's there's more that you learn we talked about this you know, towards the beginning where you you learn the most when you're fixing and understanding what what broke so that you have mm-hmm. to fix you know can fix it quickly rather than you know yeah. uh, just out of a textbook. The textbook helps, but
0: the experience is what you remember. I guess I would encourage people as much as possible to uh, give up embarrassment if you feel about not knowing or you know the shame. I you know asked what was a really stupid question to the, may mailing list of all the people that ran may east which was the interconnection point yeah. that was how the internet connected at the time like sure. how does this work do i just show up and like magically everyone peers with me and bob gibson you know say can i have your number And he called me he's like you know it's a secret i can tell you the secrets but you need to not tell everyone else yeah. and i did wow. tell everyone else but so i was bad bad at keeping secrets i guess no. but um you know uh, especially if you then turn around and document what you learned and help other people mm. And so when I am talking to folks, I mean, about the technology side of it, usually what I'm looking for or someone says, hey, I'm really interested in getting into networking is, as you said, sort of, what are you doing? What are the actions? Um, Are you trying a virtual lab? Are you, um, whether it's on Amazon or on your own, you know, Linux, there's virtual machines. Are you reading and, and following are you uh you know engaged with any groups, you know, things like that that yeah. that really demonstrate that interest. Um yeah. and the other thing is that's interesting is you've sort of followed it in your career. It doesn't all have to be you're uh running the network. It can be um helping people understand how to use it. You know, so sales engineering or producting or support, which is how we a lot of people get into it. Um, you know, or engineering or architecture, or even on the peering side, which is a little bit of economics peering and middle sure. school politics, <laughs> they get applied to how the, how the internet works. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh,
1: you know, it's, it, there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of different ways to get into, into the business. There's a lot to learn. I'm 20 plus years in and still learning every day. Um, relationships are a big part of that, you know, for people looking to get into networking, you now workers, you know, we 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 do tend to, you know, help, we want to help each other. And we're we're a great community of, of uh professionals and people. And and I think that if you're somebody looking to get into the business, you you will have access to finding people who will want to help and and you know help build connections for you, personal connections and professional connections for you too. You gotta yeah, I you would,
0: ask. Yeah. I would encourage people, um, if you can, if it's something you can afford and obviously feel safe as COVID is, um, as, as we're managing through COVID to go to a NANOG, North America network operator group, and if you're in the U.S. or RIPE uh, in Europe or Apricot in Asia um, or other local networking group, a lot of them have how to get in, you know, they have new members meetings and and how to get in um, and will help make connections. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone will be friendly because people are people, but um, uh, you know, uh, it's, it is a great way to get to know people, build network, especially if you're looking for, you know, jobs and and connections, yeah. but it's also some of the best way we learn is not necessarily the formal presentations, but by just talking to each other about what's working well, you know, and what isn't. Yeah. Um, so what was frustrating, um, what, what could have been better or, or better laid out as you were getting into networking, um, you know,
1: mm. um, I think that I am somebody who has always been fascinated with it. So like, I have always seen the challenge that I, that I enjoyed um, from a technical and, and, you know, design aspect. Um, You know, the, 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 I, you know, I don't, I I don't know that I can say like things are frustrating or, or things are, you know, things that I didn't enjoy about it. There's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of, you know, you, you kind of earning your earning your way and taking,
0: you know, on-call, on, on call, you know, rotation. Reviewing other then, people's code that, that you would yeah. have preferred to have written yourself. I mean, sure. I guess for me, I was frustrated. I don't think I was ever infuriated, but I was certainly frustrated. Like, why do... At the time it was the Cisco, you know, it was it was either Cisco, Proteon or Wellfleet. It wasn't like Cisco versus Juniper. Okay. Why can't they explain this shit like comprehensibly? Why do they have to say an LRI instead of prefix or prefix instead yeah. of IP address range? Why, you know, learning BGP especially? It was like, why can't this be made easier? And and I, I realized it wasn't actually it, it was really probably more for brevity than for obfuscation but there is this effect of these word cloud ecosystems. It's like, and it could be you know, VMware or EMC or whatever, where it's like stretched VSAN, blah, blah, Metro. And it's like, I think I know what that means, but I need to, and it's like, you know, to build that map and build that. And fortunately for me, that made me want to break it down and simplify it, which is really good for me in my career. Cause yeah. it made people think I was smarter than I was. Um, and, and, you know, they liked, you know, they liked that and passed it on, but you know, that was, that was, you know, for me. And so I appreciate your, your great attitude of, Hey, that's just something to go and learn. But I remember being like, wow, this is not, should not be that. As soon as I, I, I generally, I like discovering, you know, I like driving from here to there without Google maps. I'm like, oh, that connects, you yeah. know, networking is very similar, but it's a good analogy. I, have, I remember, uh, so you have a calmer disposition than I do, I guess. But well,
1: I, I, I uh, can only say that I am somebody who has always enjoyed learning and, and um, the understanding, of the whys of, of things. And, and that's part of it, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. Um, but I I can appreciate
0: what you're saying as well for sure. Um so you took a detour um from networking to security. Yeah. Now for old nerds, um there was just nerd <laughs> and you know it was like networking, security, programming, sysadmin, you know, it was the things we do because we as you said, find computers fascinating. Yeah but You know, it's very hard to be um, uh, a woman of science and and know everything nowadays, um, sort of like, like people used to do that in the, you know, 1800s, you know, it was like, know a little bit of chemistry and, you know, you could be an expert in chemistry and physics and biology, you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, now it's hard, harder. Was that a conscious choice to go towards the security side? Was it? the security side was was
1: also again a, a, you know something that was intriguing to me uh and it you know security is a very very wide umbrella and means a lot of things to a lot of different people um for me my my path into security was very much network security and specifically ddos which as a networker again fascinated me like you know we you know, in Earl, before working with Radware and, and in security, these were my server central and end days where we were dealing with, again, a, a moment in the network where we had a ton of bandwidth, a ton, growing bandwidth, you know, not comparative to, I mean, now, now it's way even even more, but but we had a lot of bandwidth and we had the ability for people to cause attacks to each other, DDoS each other. and. And to me, as a student of the network, like that, that was fascinating to me, like understanding A, how is this happening? What is the impact of it? B, how do I stop it? How do I protect my network and my other customers from this? And, you know, in in those days at Endlayer and Server Central, we learned a lot about that because that was when all of that stuff was happening and people were uh, uh, attacking each other and, and that continues today. And that problem is only getting worse, but... In that time, I learned a, a tremendous a, a amount about how companies needed to stay protected from each from this type of thing and, and the things that we had in our tool belt to, to provide that protection. Um and that got me into uh you know probably uh four years at Radware. Um, and and that grew into really cool uh, you know business activity and research. Like I got to do. When the Mirai botnet happened, right. I got to do research and and present that research about how each one of these attack vectors in this open source botnet, you know, uh, impacted the network. And and we as networkers, what would we need to look for? In you know, if this was this kind of payload and this kind of packet size, it was probably one of these you know attack yep. vectors. And this is the thing you needed to know about it, you know. And if you didn't have mitigation tools, at least you knew what you what to look for um that was uh you know fascinating really you know really a cool opportunity to to learn and talk to other people and learn from other people's research um you know i I, it was a great role um and and network security continues to be a, a, a critical component for us to understand as networkers because you know we're, we're just the scale of attacks that happen uh, people are being innovative in the way that they find resources to use in attacks um it is really really cat and mouse but um you know it was i loved that role uh we work with them closely today uh you know a, as well and and we work with you uh you know we are a, a happy kentic customer as well thank you uh, um, you know, and and, and and we work with it, hardware, So Yes, absolutely. And yeah. and so like the, the, that problem is not going away. And, and um, understanding that continues to help me now that I've returned back into infrastructure as really just a, I see it as, yes, it's a, you know, it worked in security, but it's all still in the same thread of, of resilient networking and
0: keeping a network up. Yeah. It's fascinating because in some ways, it is an artificial barrier. I mean, there's some real barriers too, but also enha- the barriers enhanced by terminology, right? I mean, more than half of Kentic customers are use our DDoS detection functionality. And most of the customers I've talked to have had things they thought were an attack that were actually a misconfig, and things that they thought were someone you know mis- misusing their API that were actually an attack, um, yeah. you know, or code, code gone wrong. Yet we think of it primarily as availability, but sometimes it comes from a security budget. Um, But on the other hand, if you talk to peer security people, things like governance and compliance and policies and things that networkers don't normally think about come into play. And um, I'm hopeful that some of this will um, converge because in a cloud native world, if things are being dynamically orchestrated up and down, if you don't have visibility into that from the security side. Yeah. It's going to look like an attack, yeah. and if the security um, side is shutting things down, well, that's an operational problem. So it's always seemed holistically integrated. But again, we come from a position of privilege of having, at the time, the freedom, the access to have gotten into this and seen all yeah. the development. So yeah. um, you know, to uh, to people getting into it, it maybe some of the ways that this is really related may not be as visible. Um, yeah. You know, something else that that you said made me um, think you talked about talking to customers. Uh, one of the things that I think I talk with people a lot about is, um, especially when network engineers want to come to work for Kentech, and I try to explain, like, we have eight MXs, uh, you know, I don't know, 40 switches, uh, two, trans- three transit providers, Peering with like dozens of people because our customers peer with us, which is sort of yeah. awesome because we have peering with people I never would have been able to get peering with as a network, um, but because they're our customer. Sure. Um, and uh, but we don't run that bigger complex a network, we're not changing it. Um, in fact, that's you know, we try not to change it uh, sure. and do as much as possible on top. Um, but um, but you know, part of the career can be working with customers where. Especially if you have ADHD, like I do, and you sort of are impatient for projects that, you know, when you're working with customers, you can multitask and see lots of different projects move along and and help and you know get appreciated and 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 that can be pretty cool too. So I would encourage people think about networking um, just as you move from the business side to uh, from even sales, uh, but you know, internal, external. There are a lot of different ways that you can apply the technology and and have fun. And you can even, as you've done, go, go on a side tangent, come back. Uh, yeah. Nothing really fixes you in your career if you're learning and interested.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the other things about customers that is, that is so cool. A, I mean, you know, leading a team who, you know, everybody is our customer, even other business units inside of our customer are inside of our company are our customers. But, you know, I look at that, like we only get to come to work because our customers, Pay us to do so, right? I mean, it's really a, a um, yeah. We only we every everything needs to be in support of our customers, and um, we only get to do this because we have customers uh, that we get to do it for. And the other side of that is uh, what I learn from our customers. Uh, you know, uh, customers keep us on our toes and push us to, you know, hey, can we do this? Can we'd like to try this, like that. That is a a. a a great quality of of um, you know networking teams is being able to understand and and meet the needs of our customers, which is really a, a fun aspect of it too.
0: I agree. I think that there that is an area where there's sometimes room for improvement. You know, I look at people's declue DT, which is can they learn? Are they comfortable with that? Can they self drive that? Um, which which you were talking about. But also ego to clue ratio, right? Even if it's boring, the customer is the one that pays the bill. That that is why we're here. Sure. Sometimes we have to do that. Um, yeah. It Doesn't mean that we want to do it all the time. But um, you know, there's people that really enjoy that, and that's probably best. But if something needs to get done, ultimately it needs to get done. And I've certainly met people that are like, oh no, no I do the backbone. I couldn't possibly. Mm-hmm. But. You know, in smaller companies, like I think Internet is even, you know, sort of spiritually a smaller company, uh, certainly compared to some of the larger folks. And then certainly at Kentech, you know, we're happy to do that and I'm happy to talk to anybody. Um, I guess one question back to, you know, sort of the, the early career vector. I remember when I came to AboveNet. I remember, oh, my God, I now have the keys to a global backbone and like all the coolness about it and like being so afraid I'm going to break everything. And yeah. and then like there was a point at which, like OK, you know, and it's like I know that. And now there's this, you know, whatever the other thing is, like when you when you talked about NLayer, you know, when it came into Service Central, like how long did it take for the shine to wear off, you know, and, and how long was the the honeymoon of oh, like, gosh. oh, my God, this is so cool, but so scary.
1: So Avi, I don't know if you remember our, our the first time we met, but it was my first week at Server Central and NLayer. Layer, mm-hmm. and um, you know it was I was probably four or five days in, and something I, I don't even know what it was. It was a, you know a, a request came in, and uh, we were talking about it in the conference room with you know those of us who were there, and I, and you said to me like, "Go ahead and fix it," and I was like, "Obvious, my first you know first week here, I'm not I'm not ready to do that." And there is a point where. You know the the shine or the fear or the anticipation of of messing, uh, you know, causing a problem wears off, and then you you fall into the fact that I know how a router works. I know how <laughs> protocols work. You know, it's uh, I I know what you mean, and and that has happened. Uh, you know, even even here, you know, at, you know, I've been at, at INAP for a year now, um, and there was a you know, even even here, like a period of like am I supposed to be logging into this router, you know, as, you know, um, but the answer is, you know, we have a network to operate and a network to drive and, and we have, uh, you know, we've got work to get done. So,
0: you know, I that, think it's still something perfect. that I'd uh, like to see us do better as a community with like maybe an open source lab version of the, uh, CCIE torture lab, because it is certainly true that, When things were failing more, there was more permission and less, you know, fear of breaking things. And now, Mm. of course, uh, you know, if you uh, shoot your routers, um, and you can be in the news. Uh, So, uh, you know, it is definitely something that that we should, you know, think about. And we can break things manually, and we can break things really fast by using computers to accelerate us. Which gets to another quick topic: sort of automation, a lot of hype around it and i i guess i'm curious uh, yet in some ways networks have been automating uh maybe even ahead of system stuff or in parallel sure. with it since the 90s yeah. you know wh- wh- where where do you see the industry and 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 you know your work on the uh, intent automation infrastructure as code all those angles yeah
1: that's a good that's a good you know you pivot we've we've seen you know, networks go from, we A, we had 20, 30 years to to understand the things that break networks. And and yes, there's always new protocols and different interpretations of RFCs. And, you know, uh, there are things that are going to break, but we've had the time to mature the network environment and, and the way that we drive and operate the network. Um, now... Innovation being what it is, we continue to look for better ways to keep keep uptime, you know, uh, maintain uptime, drive um, efficiency in terms of deployment and configuration and time to, you know, time to build. Things that took us, you know, two three weeks before can take us two to three minutes with automation now. And mm-hmm. so, there is um, a lot. You know, automation is a very big. Big landscape of uh, and means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But um, the things that are interesting to me are how can I provision a service um, quickly, reliably, have it be accurate, um, and and, and um, have this be something that be, is a customer and operational type of gain. You know, can I do something with? having a serviceNow ticket come in and kick off a workflow that that orchestrates a a circuit turn up inside of the network mm-hmm. and get that have an loa written automatically for example right and 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 have ip addresses automatically assigned and even de- defined on an interface like that to as a speed to deployment a tremendous uh, Are those gain mostly for internal
0: us. tooling efforts for you yeah so
1: we're seeing like you know, there is not, and in my type of environment, there is not an off-the-shelf product that fits <laughs> the need for everybody. And and it is a a long discovery of first talking with the community, seeing what other people are doing. You know, as as we're going down this journey, I've watched a lot of on presentations and understand what other people are doing too. Right? What a great great resource and a great community. But it does. I am finding that it is not a one-stop you know, a, a, a one size fits all type thing. And there is a very much a, a, um, a customization that is appropriate for your own environment. So, um, you know, in terms of, you know, things that we look for, um, for this, you know, Python, you know, a coding experience is a new, not a new skill, but is a skill that is more and more necessary for network engineers. Um, that's something that, you know, that's one thing I never did was I I never really had the programming uh, mm-hmm. background. So, you know, if I could go back and change some things, maybe maybe I would uh, learn a little bit more about programming, um, you know, earlier on in my career. Yeah, just, I think just, what we
0: see from a lot of our customers is, uh, that really helps is sort of having some, whether it's one person or a group of people, automation architect and syncing, and mm-hmm. like you have a, a, an architecture, Review before you do something new with the network, yeah. Um, because um, having lots of people manually replicate the single thing they do each time with with CLI with Python, yeah. Um, you know, is not as helpful as having a hey. These are the things we do, and we evolve each other's libraries and scripts. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not something that there are as many books on, and everyone seems to be learning in parallel. It's yeah. an area where we're watching closely, but. It's why we feed orchestration. We're not trying to build orchestration because we ha- we do see a lot of snowflake itis there, where everyone's environment is different, the business processes yes. are different, um, and so yet it's certainly you know a huge hot topic that you know as you said can take it from weeks to minutes and really improve correctness. Yes. If you get it wrong, it could make disastrous mistakes really fast. Yeah, like you know yeah. retracting, you know all your. BGP routes for your data servers at once. Sure, yeah. Um, or yeah. you know what, what, what we used to do, or what used to happen with redistribute your BGP into your IGP, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. which doesn't work. But um, uh, no, it's definitely definitely important. And I would also encourage people getting into networking to at least be comfortable using Pythons for APIs. Yeah. Um, but also say that the hype of automation is simple and understood and easy and present for everything is is just that hype one of the things i've been disappointed about is is i was using you know trying to use nx nxos whatever the new whatever runs on an ASR 9001 and i'm like oh my god i have to google to figure out the difference between ios and this almost as much as you know with juniper where, yeah. you know, I don't love the gate syntax, but I can do display set and it's sort of like, you know, make it work. Yeah. yeah, But then I look at the APIs and it's just like CLI stuff in JSON. So you sort yeah. of do need to know the CLI to use yeah. the APIs for all these yeah. things. It's yeah. not like there's this mythical model of everything. Yeah. You know, App Store was going down that path, but even the data center, you know, it's, it can be pretty hard to abstract all that with all the different possibilities. So yeah, um, I'm with funny. you, I think it's fun. But it's definitely a challenge for people too. It
1: it is a challenge, and the people who are um, I'm finding to be successful in this are people who are people who understand network and understand code and uh, are excited about the intersection of the two. Um, you know, and and it's figuring it out, and it's figuring out what is right for your network because um, as much as uh, our lives would be a lot easier if there was just a product that you could buy automation in a box um mm-hmm. every network is different and you know there might be some components of those things to, to that might meet your needs but it i'm finding in our journey that it is very much a you know original Internap app and inap is an innovation type company oh yeah. yeah uh and and we are very much after how to do it uh, you know um, the best way for our environment you know and that's just that's customization
0: yeah no that makes sense yeah, yeah. So you mentioned maybe you would have whispered in your younger self's ear to do a little bit more programming any other advice you'd give younger Ron Um I mean I I have
1: always been a learner I um you know definitely learning more about programming um because I think that that's a a, a skill that that continues there's going to be more and more intersection of that uh you know in our in our space um, there's a ton of it today there's only going to be more um I might have gotten a, a little bit earlier start on on working my my personal network as well and building mm-hmm. relationships because I think that that is such a key component to um, to learning and understanding and your career path you know uh, I was I, I was very lucky with great relationships and great leaders that I worked for. I learned a lot both from networking and leadership, you know. Um, but I would say that you know, younger on and, and people coming into the business get to know the people in your network and 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 work your network and, and understand um, what what different what you can contribute to the to you know your network and also what you know how other people can help you because a lot of a lot of us do want to help each other.
0: Yeah, it's a theme that we've heard from other folks that I've talked with, and certainly by the time I look up from people that I was on mailing lists with and whatever from the 90s, all of a sudden they're CEOs and CIOs and yeah. uh, you know, people that uh, I just had someone from a major bank say, I don't know if you remember when we had dinner and we were talking about BGP, you know, we were about to use StealthWatch. It looks like a horrible appliance. Uh, could I introduce <laughs> you to our folks? You know, and now we're talking to a global bank about that. Um, and uh, I wish I also had spent more time. Um, I always seem to be busy with things organizationally, technology, you know, whatever, but should probably take more time uh, to just connect with people. It can be a little daunting when I looked at LinkedIn and you know sometimes, but um, it's definitely something I would also encourage uh, encourage people to do, go to conferences yeah. or however these things evolve virtually. I think we're a little bit disadvantaged right now from the conference side, you know certainly until people feel safe coming together. and yeah. I don't think there's exactly the perfect replacement there was IRC of old. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess if new, you could still run it, but yeah. uh, those are things that we'll, we'll be, be uh, thinking about and working on. And yeah. then I guess any last advice we talked a little bit about for people trying to get in, how can someone show their their interest and really get into networking? What will, you know, how, how would they reach, say, an internet and, and demonstrate, you know, their interest and competence?
1: Yeah, I think that um, it it starts with finding the track that uh, you want to take. Networking is a very big space. Um, we have a cloud, you know, team. We who is a different type of networking. Uh, we have the core and 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 transport type of uh, team, which is you know different skill set and different type of uh, focus. And then, you know, as a hybrid uh, infrastructure company, people that need to understand cloud networking as well. So, I mean, you know, I think that there are a lot of different tracks that people can take in, in networking. Um, the things that I look for when hiring, you know, it is not certification. Certification helps. Certification shows me that you've seen it before, but you don't need a certification to to get a job in networking. You don't even need a college degree to get a job in networking. You know, it's it's just, just the fact of the... The, the way that it is, um, I would you know the, I want to see people who are curious who who have demonstrated their ability to uh, get into this stuff. They, you know, maybe have um, uh, you know are 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 doing labs or or showing the things that you know that are interesting to them and the why it's interesting to them. That that is the fundamentals of a of a good engineer to me. You know, people who are curious and want to understand why and then the ability to fix it.
0: Cool. Well, thank you for the story. Thank you for the advice, yeah, and thank, thank you. you for joining on the podcast.
1: Yeah, this was. I, I appreciate the opportunity. I've, I've appreciated our friendship over over many, many years, and uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, just uh, happy to be here. And, and thanks for the opportunity, and also a great, uh, happy customer of yours too. So thank you for <laughs> that as well. Yeah.
0: Thank you. And and if people yeah. want to contact you, what's the best way to reach you?
1: Yeah, um Twitter or LinkedIn um, you know I've got a you know pretty uh you know LinkedIn is great I'm Ron Winward at, on, on LinkedIn Twitter is at Ron winward and uh, our company website is inapp.com um, inapp uh, formed out of the original internet company so you know searching either one you'll you'd find us so okay. uh, but, uh, thanks again and yeah. uh, have a great rest of the week you too Avi. thank you